0: Hey team, thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Space She Takes podcast, the podcast for people who want to honour the space that they take in the world and be proud of who they are. I'm your host, Teeks. Before I get started into today's episode, please make sure that you go and give our Instagram page a follow, thespaceshetakes.podcast, and if you would like to feature in a future episode or you have any questions for me that you would like me to answer, you can also reach me at Takes at gmail.com. You may have already seen a sneak preview uh, on the Instagram, but today we're going to be talking about friendships, and specifically adult friendships, because... <laughs> I don't know about you guys but having, making, maintaining, just like everything to do with adult friendships is incredibly difficult and it seems to get harder I guess the older that I get and so it's something I wanted to come on here today and have a chat with you guys about to see if I'm not the only one that feels this, maybe you guys feel this, share some of the like I guess common factors of adult friendships and also have a chat about how to maybe make or keep adult friendships because it's really tough. Like life gets in the way. We all get busy. People have kids. People have jobs. And then before you know it, you're 30 and you don't quite know what happened to the massive group of friends that you used to have. I guess what brought this episode around or kind of to mind was I've been thinking in ISO. You know, obviously I've been in lockdown for the last six months and, you know, been incredibly isolated. And one of the things that I've been really thankful for is the friends that I do have and the people that I have around me. But I guess... I kind of been thinking I don't have like a best friend and I don't have like a girl squad or like a squad of friends or like a group of people that I spend time with or that are my like besties. I don't I don't have a best friend. And I think that there's so much pressure to have a best friend or to have like a girl squad or to have like your people and I often feel like such a failure because I don't have that. Don't get me wrong, I have So many friends. I'm so, so grateful for the friends that I do have. I am surrounded by some incredible women, some incredible men, some incredible humans. And I'm so, so thankful for those friends. But at the end of the day, I don't have that one person that like you imagine having or or that group of people that you imagine having and I look around me and I have some really great examples of friends around me who have that one best friend or have that like girl gang or that girl group and so I often kind of feel like is there something wrong with me am I doing something wrong is there a reason that I don't have a best friend again I have so many close friends and people I am so so thankful to have in my life but there's not that one person I like as I'm kind of saying it out loud like it sounds a little bit silly it sounds like I'm ungrateful for the friends that I do have and, and that's that's definitely not the case you know some of my closest dearest friends will be listening to this going Tegan shut up like I'm one of your closest friends and you are 100% you are one of my closest friends and I would classify many of you as some of my best friends But I think having those people that are like your best friends and having that that one human is, is, I don't know, does it feel different for you guys? Because it definitely feels different for me. There's so much pressure because you look at movies and TV shows and celebrities and just all that kind of, I guess, pop culture and it tells you that as a female, you're meant to have a bestie. Like you're meant to have like your gal, like the one that you can call in the middle of the night, no matter what, if things go wrong, like that's your person. And I just, like, again, I have people, like I have people that I can call for different reasons. You know, if I'm angry, I've got a friend I can call. If I need to vent about something, I've got a friend that I can call. If I need someone to calm me down and rationalize me, like I have a friend that I can call. Like I have people, I definitely have people, but I don't know. It's just like when I was in high school, I never really had a best friend. When I was, you know, in primary school, I never really had a best friend. And then since I've left high school and, you know, moved into adulthood, it's kind of been the same thing. Like I have extremely close friends. I have groups of friends that I spend time with. I have friends from all different walks of my life and facets of my life, but still just not a best friend. And completely incidentally, this topic has come up a couple of times in the last probably two to three weeks, really. And I realized that I'm not the only one, that I'm actually not the only person that doesn't have a best friend. And so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this today, not specifically not having a best friend, but just how complicated it is to keep friends as an adult and how much life kind of gets in the way and work gets in the way and just how difficult it can be to maintain strong friendships with people I'm not talking acquaintances I'm not talking about the person that you see down the supermarket or at the pub or I don't know at a family event or whatever it might be where you like when you catch up with them you have a great chat everything's fine and dandy but I'm talking your people the people that are around you the people that lift you up that make you feel better that look after you they're the kind of people that I'm talking about and I was thinking just how incredibly difficult it is to make friends as an adult. We're not presented the same opportunities that we are when we're children. We can't walk up to someone on the playground and be like, hey, I like your hat, let's be friends. You can't sit next to someone in the classroom and be like, yo, bro, want to be friends? Like That opportunity just isn't there anymore. And so as an adult, not only do you have to work so much harder to keep your friends, but you also have to work so much harder to make friends as well. And I think that's why... We value the friendships that we do have and I think you notice a significant absence when you don't have those people around you or when you haven't seen those people for a while. Like we haven't really had the opportunity in the last six months for those of us that live in Melbourne to really see our friends. And I know that we've been doing... Zoom catch-ups and Facebook messages and, you know, a couple of me and my friends have been watching the netball together and debriefing as the games are going and all those kinds of things. But it's just not the same as seeing the people in person. It's just not the same as catching up and having a cuppa and sitting around a cheese platter and, you know, just talking shit until it's three o'clock in the morning and you realize you need to go to bed. And so the absence of the acquaintances and the friends and people that I surround myself has really highlighted to me just how much... Adult friendships are so valuable and so important, but also so complex. And those of you who know me and know me in real life will probably be sitting here kind of shaking your head at me because I am friends with everyone. You know, I have a lot of different groups of friends. I have my work friends, I have my netball friends, I have my school friends, I have friends that I've made along the way, I have some online friends. I have just an abundance of people around me. And again, so, so thankful. You guys are all amazing and I love you all dearly. But I know that for me, and I'm calling myself out here, I'm calling myself out on my own bullshit and on my own kind of toxic trait, but so often I'm the bad friend and I don't mean to be the bad friend and it's not a reflection on you or anything you've done. It's completely a me problem and it's something that I am aware of and I'm actively trying to fix and actively trying to change but I more often than not I'm a bad friend and I probably one of the things that I dislike the most about myself if I'm completely honest as I'm kind of stumbling over my words here but I really am trying to fix it and I'm trying to kind of bring light to it and I think that's why I wanted to talk about this on the podcast today for episode two is because it is something I'm actively trying to get better at I know that I've made much progress <laughs> but I am actively trying to get better at not being the bad friend all the time you know those cute little quotes that like pop up on Instagram and Facebook and some people have like hung in their homes and whatever else where it's like if they think you're worth the time they'll make the time or if people want to they'll make time for you I really I really really hate those say because I will unintentionally completely unintentionally not speak to you for three months and I won't even realize that it's happened and it's not that I don't mean to and it's not that I'm ignoring you and it's not that I don't think you are worthy or valuable of my time because that is not the case at all it's that I blink, and three months has gone by, and I don't know how, and I don't know when, and I'm not quite sure what's happened. And then start on this incredibly toxic self-narrative where I tell myself that you don't want to hear from me, that you think I'm a bad friend, that I need to just stay away from you, that I'm not worth the hassle, and all these kinds of like negative self-talk will will bounce around in my brain, and it'll convince me not to reach out to you. And so one of the things I was really guilty of probably from my teenage years well into my 20s was that notation of if you're not going to make effort I shouldn't have to make effort and it's something I'm really trying to change because it's it's a learnt trait it's something that I've definitely inherited and it's something that I need to be really mindful and call myself on not to slip back into that that sort of attitude and that sort of behavior because that's where I will let six months 12 months heck sometimes even two years kind of go by where I haven't reached out to you but in my brain I'm like well you haven't reached out to me and it's something that I think as I've Realized how busy I am, and as I've realized how much I have on my plate, and you know, just how bad of a friend I can be, that that's probably where other people are sitting too. That they're not deliberately not reaching out to me, that they're not deliberately not making effort, that they're not being aware of my value or the time that I'm worth or anything like that. It's never, at least I don't think it is, (laughs) I don't think it's a negative thing. And I think it's more just the same thing they get busy, they don't realize time's gone by, you know, their weeks are filled with work, their weeks are filled with study, their weeks with their partner, with their family, with their kids, with their activities, things that make life life, and then they probably get to a three-month mark and go, ooh, should I have spoken to teen in a while, probably need to reach out to her, and that's how you get stuck in that proverbial, we need to catch up, yes, let's catch up, yes, let's catch up, and then, you know, it's three years down the track and you guys still haven't caught up, and I think that those little quotes that you see on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else, where it's like it devalues the humanity side of it it devalues just what life is and what life represents and how busy we get and i think it inadvertently devalues people's worth because i feel horrible every single time i see one of them on my on my feed or on my Facebook or spoken about or whatever it might be it reminds me that I'm the bad friend and it makes me feel like a pretty shit human it makes me feel like you know I have all these friends and I take them for granted and I don't appreciate their value and that that's just not the case it's literally just life is so incredibly busy and I think sometimes this is probably a topic for another uh, podcast actually but I think sometimes we wear busy like a badge of honor because we've got so much to do and we've got to do this and we've got to do that and we fill our list of things to do so long that we don't schedule in time to catch up with our loved ones time to catch up with the people that mean the most with us time to see the humans that refill our cups and I think that's why I probably get so offended when I see those because if you're one of those friends and there's definitely some of my friends that I do this to listening right now I promise you I love you I promise I think the world of you it's definitely not anything you've done it's not You with me, if you want to go down that path, but really it is. And so if you find that you haven't heard from me. Or I haven't responded to your last message. And I've definitely read it. And I haven't responded. Please don't ever think that you've done something wrong. Because I'm an effective communicator. If you've done something wrong. I'm going to tell you that you've done something. I'm going to tell you that you've hurt my feelings. I'm going to tell you that I'm upset with you. I'm going to tell you that there's a problem. So if you haven't just heard from me in a couple of months. Please don't think that I don't value your friendships. Or I don't value you. Or I am, I don't know. Being a crappy friend for a particular reason. I'm just being a crappy friend. Because I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Or I've worked myself into such a state where I think you don't want to hear from me you think I'm a bad friend my anxiety is peaking and I will have this entire narrative in my brain of what you think without talking to you which I know is stupid and it's presumptuous and you know it's incredibly short-sighted of me to make assumptions on how you feel or how you think or what you're thinking about me but I can't it's something that I just can't help I'm working on it and I'm trying to help it and I'm trying to get better at it but it's definitely something that I struggle with and I'm really trying to. To learn how to not do it as much. It is a toxic trait of mine. Maybe it's a toxic trait of yours as well. Maybe you're listening to this not along, going, yep, I do the same thing and I don't mean to. And like me, you've probably got completely valid reasons. And they're not excuses. They are valid reasons. They are valid reasons as to why you can't maintain the level that you expect that you can maintain. And they probably come across as reasons to people or excuses to people rather. But They're genuinely not. And so if you've got a friend like me or you are the friend like me, I think one of the biggest things I need to get past is that anxiety that people don't want to hear from me because if they didn't want to hear from me, they wouldn't be my friend. You know, if they didn't want to hear from me, they wouldn't make efforts to reach out. They wouldn't respond to my messages. They wouldn't like my things on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, follow this podcast and do all those kinds of things. And so I definitely need to get better at acknowledging that negative self-talk and flipping the narrative to say... Have I actually done something to upset this person or am I just imagining and creating this entire scenario in my brain that actually hasn't happened because that's definitely one of my biggest blockers and the other one that I'm still I'm still learning to deal with and I think I've gotten a lot a lot better than you know, I would have when I was in my early 20s and definitely in my teens but that if they're not contacting me I'm not contacting them it's such a short-sighted way to think and it's such a negative way to think as well because By thinking that, by assuming that their time is less important than mine and that's why they need to sacrifice their time to contact me, I'm inadvertently placing myself above them and I never, ever intend to do that. I never, ever think that, but subconsciously that's the narrative that I'm telling myself, that it's their responsibility and their problem or their issue to fix and I don't have responsibility or accountability in that which is so completely incorrect I 100% have accountability and have responsibility in that so I feel like I'm rambling a little bit here but I just I guess I wanted to talk about the fact that If you're someone who forgets to message back or doesn't message people for a couple of months or doesn't realize that it's been a couple of months since you messaged someone, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad friend. Unless you're doing it purposely, and that's a whole different story. But if you're like me and you genuinely don't mean to, cut yourself a little bit of slack try and come up with some coping mechanisms. You know, what I try and do is I try and go through my Facebook and work out who I haven't spoken to for a little bit and send them a quick message. I go through my Facebook messages to make sure that I don't have any unread messages or messages that I haven't yet responded to that I need to. I make sure that I put time aside in my week to give these people the effort and the time that they so truly deserve and that I so truly need to give to them. And they're not foolproof. You know, I definitely have messages in my phone that I haven't responded to that I need to but it's something that I'm acutely aware of and I'm acutely trying to process and work through and get better at so if you've got some strategies if you've got some ideas drop them into the Instagram send me a DM let me know what those strategies are because I would love to learn because I think that acknowledging you're the bad friend and then fixing it is so incredibly important to maintaining those adult relationships and those adult friendships particularly as life gets even more busy if you follow the Instagram, you will know that this week I posted a sneak peek of what I would be recording for episode two, and it was a post about how adult friendships are hard. And one of my very, very, very good friends, one of my closest friends in the world, actually posted on that about a saying that she really likes. And it wasn't a saying I'd actually heard before, um, but I did some research post her saying it because even just her typing it, I was like, yeah, that seems like something I probably would agree with or something that kind of makes sense to me. And so the theory is you have friends for a reason. Friends for a season and friends for a lifetime. And so maybe you've heard this before, and I'm not kind of imparting any new wisdom on you, but it was definitely new wisdom for me, so that's always exciting. But for those of you like me who hadn't heard it before, essentially what it means is so a friend for a reason is someone who is there to teach you a lesson. This friendship serves a function. There's no real longevity to the friendship, but it's definitely about having a purpose for a short period of time for that moment in time. Now, I'm not talking, you know, the drunk girl in the bathroom that you've planned this incredible holiday with and you guys have added each other on Facebook and you're never, ever going to speak to ever again and in two years' time when you do a Facebook cleanup, you're going to delete her. I'm not talking those friends, but I'm talking those people that you might see occasionally. You see them at the grocery store and you have a bit of a chat with them. I'd probably refer to them more as either acquaintances or very short-term friendships. So they're people that maybe if you see them, you'd have a bit of a chat, but that's as far as it goes, but they're not really your friends. And so the next one is friends for a season. And so this is friends for a period of time. For a lot of us, it might be friends that we had when we were at school. It might be friends that we have through ex-partners. It might be friends that we have from a particular workplace. And what they all kind of share in common Is they're friends for a period of time, and they're friends because there's a commonality between you. And once that commonality seems to dissipate, i.e., you leave a particular workplace, you no longer go to school, you and that partner have broken up, you and that friend have maybe drifted apart, those other friendships also dissipate and disappear. And you might not notice it straight away but eventually you'll look back and go oh i haven't I haven't spoken to that person in you know such a really long time and and it's not the same as the example i was giving before where you're the bad friend and you don't reach out to these people it's simply because that common factor that kept you guys friends that common point of view that common reason has gone and so i guess the basis for that friendship is also gone and when I say these friendships end, I don't mean that you guys have a fight or a falling out or there's a there's a drama or there's a reason why you stop being friends with these people. It's simply that it just fizzles out. It just fizzles. You stop making effort. They stop making effort. It goes longer and longer between visits. It goes longer and longer between comments on Facebook, or comments on other forms of social media. And then before you know it, it's three really years down the track. And, you know, that is just the way it is. But if you saw them out and about, you know, stop, have a chat, how's your partner, how's your life, how's the kids, those kind of generic general questions that we ask people, but the fundamentals of your friendship are essentially gone. And so obviously that leaves friends for a lifetime, and these are the people that are with you from the moment you become friends. They start as a friend for a reason or a friend for a season, but they are with you for a lifetime. These are the nursing home front step aunties and uncles to your children you know you're going to raise your kids together you guys are going to get old and race each other on your motorized scooters around the homes of the nursing home they're the friends that I'm talking about they're the ones that you call in the middle of the night because your life is falling apart they're the friends that are out every birthday at every friend Christmas, at your child's birthday parties, at your child's christening, you know, when you're having a bad day or there's something kind of bad going on in your life, they're the person that you call, they are your friends for life and they are so incredibly special. So if you are lucky enough to have some of those friends, make sure that when you finish this podcast, you send them a message, just shoot them a really quick message, it's just to say, hey, hope you're having a great day, been thinking of you lately, what are you up to this weekend? Let's catch up for a cuppa, or if you're in Melbourne, let's catch up for a virtual cuppa, or if you're lucky enough to live within each other's five-kilometer radius, go for a walk around your local neighbourhood. Whatever you need to do. But if you are lucky enough to have those lifetime friends, they are the friends that you want to hold on to with all that you have, and they're the friends that you want to make sure, if you're the bad friend who doesn't contact people for a while, that you reach out and you actually remind them just how much you love them because they are so incredibly special. So while I was reading this, one of the things that I was kind of thinking about is. The end of a friendship is something we don't really talk about. I think we all know that breakups are hard. We all know that the end of a relationship with a loved one is incredibly difficult. But something we don't talk about often is the end of a friendship. And often the end of a friendship can actually be not harder, but probably more heart-wrenching. I guess is the word that I would use than it is when you break up with a loved one or a significant other. Because for me, your friends are the ones that you go to when your partner is being a pain. They're the ones that you go to when your relationship is is on the rocks. They're the ones that you go to when you're having a really bad day and you just need someone to have a conversation with you. I personally don't think that we give enough acknowledgement or enough notice or I guess respect to just how hard and gut wrenching and difficult it can be when there is a loss of a friendship, you know, and I don't just mean when they're fizzled out naturally, because I guess that's kind of, you know, just things running their course and that just kind of is as is. But when there's been a breakdown in communication, when there's been an issue, when you guys haven't been able to resolve something or it's kind of come to this this fiery end, or alternatively when things have fizzled out and maybe you feel like you've made effort and the person isn't, isn't reciprocating that effort or that person isn't giving you the time that you require and you've communicated that and they're still not kind of coming to the party – it can be really tricky and it can be really difficult to kind of face that and you know I don't know about you guys but when that happens for me I definitely do a lot of soul searching on what could I have done better? Where did I go wrong in this space? You know, what about what I brought to the table wasn't okay or needed to be fixed or needed to be amended so that next time I don't have a friendship end in the same way. And I've been very, very, very fortunate that I haven't had a friendship end like that in a very, very long time. But that's not to say that I'm not going to piss someone off tomorrow and, and have a long friendship that I thought was a lifetime friendship kind of come to a bit of an end. And whilst it might not be face masks and Ben and Jerry's ice cream and watching Bridget Jones's diary whilst doing all of the above, but it's really important to mourn a friendship when it does come to an end. If you can, try and make amends, try and fix it, but if it has come to a fiery Timely death and it's it's you know there's there's no kind of opportunity for resurrection. That's where I think it is really important to, as you would the end of a relationship with a significant other, it is just as important to mourn that friendship and grieve what you've lost when it comes to a friendship breakdown as well as a relationship breakdown. One of the biggest lessons for me, I think, into my early twenties and then late twenties, was how many friendships I thought were lifetime friendships, the the friends that I was going to grow grey and old with and sit on the front porch and talk about the glory days with, like, the friends that I thought were going to be around forever, just how many of them were actually seasoned friends as opposed to lifetime friends. And I also think that's something we don't really talk about as well. When those friendships fizzle out and kind of come to an end and you're not quite sure what's happened, you know, it it can be really tough to transition out of those friendships. You know, there's been many of times, probably in the last, you know, five to ten years where I've gone to pick up my phone and message someone or I've gone to pick up my phone and call someone because that's what you do. They're the person you reach out to, they're the person that you cling on to, and then when that friendship kind of dissolves, or fizzles, or there's a fight, or an issue, I've definitely found myself in a position where I want to reach out to them out of habit, because I trust them, and I value their opinion, and I value their their thought on a situation, or their overview of a situation, and then when that's kind of taken away from you, you know, you can find yourself in a bit of a precarious situation, where you're like, oh well, Who do I reach out to now? Who do I speak to now? Who is kind of the person that I go to in this situation? And so one of the things to kind of acknowledge when you're listening to this and you're thinking about your friendship group is of your seasonal friends, the friends that are around right now probably not a huge amount of them are actually going to be your lifetime friends and that's not a bad thing it doesn't mean that they're bad friends it doesn't mean that you're a bad friend it just means that these are people that are here for you right now in the moment that you're in in the situation that you're in and eventually those friendships are are likely to fizzle out in some capacity and so I want to impress on you that don't look at your friendships with a magnifying glass and be like okay who's my lifetime friend and who's my seasonal friend But when those friendships start to fizzle out, if you've tried to resurrect them, if you've tried to make effort, put effort in, put time in and it hasn't really gone anywhere, don't kind of beat yourself up about it because it's likely that they were a friend for you when you needed them, they served a purpose, you served a purpose. You guys brought great value to your lives, but right now you're kind of at that fork in a road. And if you see them at the grocery store, or you see them at a friend's house, or out at the pub, or whatever it might be, stop, have a chat, reminisce on the glory days, mourn the friendship that you've lost, but also put more effort and time into those lifelong friends, because they're the ones that are going to be there for you. They're the friendships that you want to hold on to as long as you can, as much as you can, put as much effort and as much time into. Again, not saying that your seasonal friends aren't worth the time and effort, but acknowledging who is there because it's mutually beneficial for the situation that you're in. And you get along with them and they're fun and they bring lots of value and they make you laugh and they lift you up and they're always up for an adventure or a good time. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be the ones sitting on the front porch telling stories about your glory days with. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's just it's good to acknowledge what the difference is and what the difference value is. You have that moment to be able to say, I need to reach out to someone, I need to contact people because I've been a little bit MIA and I haven't been putting as much effort into my friendships as I should, the ones that you want to make the most effort with are those lifelong friends. They're the ones you want to reach out to, you want to ensure that they know how much you love them and how much value they bring and then your seasonal friends are next and then your reasonable friends are the ones after that. Still reach out to them, still make contact with them but make sure that you're valuing and putting more effort and energy into those lifelong friends. That kind of brings me into the next point that I wanted to talk about, which was around keeping your friendship circle as small as it needs to be. And for some people, that might mean 50 friends, for some people, that may, might mean five, and for some people, that might mean two. But it's about acknowledging that not everyone who sits at your table is there with the best intentions, and not everyone who sits at your table is there to lift you up pick you up and be a good friend to you there are a lot of people who come to the table because it's beneficial for them because that's where everyone else is because they feel like they have an obligation because they feel like they can get something from you whatever it might be it's not always a nefarious or negative reason but I think that when you have a celebration or when you have something that you've achieved I'm always really mindful of who it is that's cheering for me and who it is that is happy for me and proud for me because the ones that aren't Are the acquaintances sitting at your table? And they're the ones that still deserve respect. Still deserve, you know, time, effort, energy, but definitely not the same amount as those that are cheering for you, are propping you up, and are supporting you. The real friends that are sitting at your table. And I don't know about you guys, but as I've kind of been recording this and I've been reflecting and thinking on my current friendship circle and who I'm spending time with and who I'm putting energy into, there are definitely some acquaintances sitting at the table that I'm probably giving too much energy versus the lifelong friends that probably deserve that energy. And so, this is a nice point to just stop and reflect on what does a friendship mean to me? What am I looking for in my friendships? What's the value of the friendships? What kind of friend am I? How do I be a better friend? How do I make sure that I'm bringing value to my friends as a friend for them? And and just that lack, that moment of reflection and, and inner searching into – how do I make sure I have the right people sitting at my table and how do I make sure I'm the right person sitting at someone else's table what you want to do is when you're thinking about that table or when you're sitting at that table the ones you want closest to you are your lifetime friends they're the ones you want directly next to you on your left and your right directly in your eyesight they're the friends that you want right there and then your seasonal friends are the ones you want next and then your reason friends are the ones you want after that. And then your acquaintances are the ones you want after that. Everyone brings value. Everyone has a purpose. Someone's worth doesn't diminish because they are an acquaintance versus a lifetime friend. And always be polite, respectful, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, providing they're doing the same to you, of course. If they're toxic, cut that shit out. And we'll chat about that in another episode later down the track. But you definitely want to make sure that the people you have closest to you are your lifetime friends and then your seasonal friends because they are the ones that are around you right now and you know a seasonal friend could last for years could be 10 years maybe you're in a workplace for 10 years maybe you're in a relationship for 10 years maybe you live in a street or a neighborhood for 10 years whatever it might be and those seasonal friends could be around for a very long time which is why you think that they're lifetime friends So at the end of the day, you want to keep them close, but you definitely want to make sure that your lifetime friends are the ones closest to you that you can immediately reach out to when you need to. If you're sitting here thinking, yep, Tegan, that sounds amazing, that sounds great, really good, you know, chat, but actually where's some advice on how to make friends, I am no expert on friendship making, on friendship keeping. I'm not an expert on anything really. I just have a lot of things to say, which is why I've given myself this platform. But um, one of the things that I think is super important is – To acknowledge that making friends as an adult is incredibly difficult, but there are some, I guess, easier ways. I don't want to say easy because I still don't think it's ever going to be easy. But there are some easier ways, even if you're not someone who is extroverted or incredibly social. Maybe you're a little bit more nervous. Maybe you struggle with groups of people. Maybe you don't really feel comfortable putting yourself out there. But there are definitely some easier ways to make some friends. And I guess some general tips that I would have for you guys if you're sitting here going, okay, I, I. want to I want to do this I want to make some changes I want to make some new friends is to join a group or a club it doesn't have to be a in-person group or club I personally think one of the best ways to make friends is in a sporting environment join a netball club a football club a cricket club whatever it might be but joining a club is one of the easiest ways to make friends because you immediately have something in common there's automatically something that you like that that person likes there's that commonality when you're thinking about seasonal friends they're the things that you want to look for so have a bit of a think about what are some of the things that you're interested in what are some of the things that you'd like to know more about get back to start for the first time whatever it might be and it can be online it can be in person it can be a facebook group it could be a discord group it could be whatever it is That suits you, that meets those needs. But definitely join a group of some capacity because that's going to get you that commonality. One of the next ways, which I think is probably how a lot of adults make their friends, is via your kids. The mums at playgroup, the dads at the school drop off, the parents that your kids are going to parties of the other kids, all those kinds of things. That can be a really, I guess, chilled way to meet someone again there's that that level of commonality you can work out which of the school parents are your type of people which ones aren't which ones you want to spend time with which ones you just want to be acquaintances with but that can be a really great way as well it's a little bit old school but another way is knowing your neighbors you know introducing yourself to your neighbors saying hi when you guys are putting the bins out inviting them around for a barbecue whatever it might be and I know that's not Always possible, but it's definitely, you know, helpful to have someone in your corner in your street who's looking out for you in your house. So, if you can be friends with your neighbors, um, that's always a really great way to start as well. I guess I want to impress that you might need to get a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable, it's okay to kind of put yourself out there. It's not always going to work for you, and sometimes, you know, you might fall flat on your butt, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But in order to make friends, you're gonna have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable even if just for a really small period of time. You're going to have to be the new person, you're going to have to be the least experienced, you're going to have to know the least, you're going to have to introduce yourself, do awkward icebreakers, all those kinds of things. But if the end goal is to have seasonal friends and lifetime friends, then putting yourself in a group environment where there's that commonality that you guys have is incredibly important and it's going to be really helpful to making those friends. And I think lastly, this I cannot stress enough, I would tattoo this on people's arms if I could be authentically you don't be a watered down version of yourself don't try and be less of who you are because you think that you're too much I know that I'm too much I know I'm a lot I'm loud I talk a lot I laugh loud I live loud I love loud I'm loud and I'm a lot but I am authentically me because if you can't have the real me or you can't handle the real me then a watered-down version is only going to last for so long until I become comfortable and then I become the real me and then I've invested time and you've invested time into something that just isn't worthwhile. So I want you to be authentically you. Be weird. Be loud. Be whatever it is that you need to be, but just be the best version of yourself, not the watered-down version of yourself that you think people need to hear. If they're your people, if they're your seasonal people, if they're your lifeline people – they're going to be there for you no matter what. Doesn't matter how loud, how crazy, how daring, how quirky, how different, doesn't matter what it is, but they are going to be your people regardless. And hopefully what I'm talking about has resonated with you. It's made sense. You're nodding along. You're thinking about your own friends. You're doing some reflecting on yourself and the people you spend time with. Hopefully this has helped. It's put some ideas forward for you. It's kind of reaffirmed how you're feeling. If you're also the bad friend, and I say the bad friend in quotation marks, and you guys can't see the quotation marks, but trust me, I did them then I want you to give yourself a little bit of understanding and a little bit of, I guess, patience, because it's incredibly difficult. Life goes so quickly. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but the fact that it's already basically October is just mind blowing to me. So if you're sitting here going, okay, I haven't reached out to someone for a little bit, I probably need to make some contact with them. Now is the perfect time. The podcast is coming to an end make a bit of a list, work out who it is that you want to reach out to, send them a message, send them a Facebook message, do whatever it is that you need to do, give them a call, but just reach out to them and remind them how much you love them. Because I know I'm going to be doing the same thing. I know that when I finish this podcast, there's going to be quite a few people I'm going to send a message to apologizing for my absenteeism, checking in on them, seeing how they're going, because I want them to know just how much I love them. Again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening in to episode two of the Space She Takes podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. I got so many incredible messages after my first podcast that I was just completely overwhelmed, but you guys have completely inspired me to make episode two. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure that you go and give the Instagram a like or a follow. It's thespaceshetakes.podcast. Alternatively, share this with your friends, follow it on Spotify, follow it on Apple, follow it on Google, the podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, I would really love it if you guys would share it with your friends, with your family, maybe send this to a friend that, you know, you want to remind them that they're your lifetime friend, and just how much they mean to you. If you would like to join me on the podcast, maybe you've got something you want to chat about, you've got a bit of a life experience you think we could um, have a really great chat about, please make sure to reach out to me. There's a few people I already have in mind that I would love to chat to, um, but alternatively if you would like to join me on the podcast for an episode, please just either send me an email at thespaceshetakes at gmail.com, send me a Facebook message if we're friends IRL, um, or alternatively reach out to me on Instagram. Thank you again for listening to the Space She Takes podcast episode two. I hope you've all had a great day and you've enjoyed this episode.